Hey, yo. A little tribute there to the late, great Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to another installment, the latest installment of the Untitled Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Max Lasky. Thank you for being here with me wherever and however you may be listening, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I appreciate all the love and support. On the last episode of the Untitled Sports Podcast, we went on a wild journey down the professional wrestling hole, and that's exactly what we're going to do yet again on today's show. We are going to talk about AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday, a lot of stuff to unpack from that show, a lot of great stuff going on in AEW, and this weekend is the most stupendous, as my guy Pat McAfee has said on many occasions, the most stupendous WrestleMania of all time, WrestleMania 38. We're going to go over all the matches from night one on Saturday and night two on Sunday. We're going to give predictions. We're going to give bold predictions. We're going to talk about the matches. You're going to hear what I have to say, whether it's good or bad. And believe me, there's a lot of bad. But hey, that's why I do what I do. I'm here to talk about the product. And you don't have to agree with me. That's okay. You can agree with me. That's also okay. That's what opinions are all about. People agree and disagree. That That's just how the world works. So, If you are not a professional wrestling fan, don't waste your time with today's episode. Or if you are not a professional wrestling fan and you would like to hear a little bit about professional wrestling, stick around. Either way, I thank you all for being here with me on this episode. So without further ado, let's dive in. So we're going to start with the recap, my review. It's sort of like a recap and review from... This past Wednesday's AEW Dynamite. Tonight, obviously, Rampage pre-taped, coming to us live on TNT. Pretty excited for it. They got a lot of good matches on tonight's card. I'm excited to see Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, And yeah, so let's just talk about AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. We're going to go, I think I want to start doing this on a weekly basis. I'm just going to go through the entire show as if you were watching it live, but I'm going to give you my review, my opinions on where the storylines are going, on who should be booked, uh, who should be pushed, who shouldn't be pushed. A lot of great stuff to go over. So here we go. This past Wednesday on Dynamite, the opening matchup, we had CM Punk taking on the acclaims Max Caster. Now, I'm sorry, I, I butchered that. Max Caster, not Castered. The acclaims Max Caster. Now, it had been reported earlier in the evening that the reason why Max Caster is getting this singles push is because, indeed, Anthony Bowens is hurt. I love the acclaimed. And as everyone else says, everyone loves the acclaimed. I think the acclaimed deserves a tag team push. I think Max Caster is phenomenal on the mic, decent in the ring. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, during this review for the match. So, Caster makes his way to the ring. He, you know, does his amazing freestyle rap on the way to the ring. Uh, And he makes a great Will Smith joke in the 
uh, in that freestyle, which I actually really like to hear. And I'll briefly just say this about what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock, because I feel like I should. Um, yes, Jada Smith has alopecia. I actually have alopecia as well. And I'll be honest, I wasn't offended by the joke. It was a G.I. Jane joke before it was an alopecia joke. And to Chris, to Chris Rock's credit, I don't think he actually knew Jada had alopecia. Now, even if he did, I don't think it was really an alopecia joke. Um, and on the other hand, if it was an alopecia joke, I still I, I didn't take offense to it. Um, and as for Will Smith, I think his career is over. Um I don't see how he could work after this. I don't see how people would want to work with him after something like this. Uh, and you know what? I'll leave it at that. I think Will Smith is pretty upset uh, with his life. I think he, I, I don't think he was hitting Chris Rock. I think he was really hitting, uh, take just taking the anger and the frustration he has built up inside him uh, just out on on what happened. He took it out on Chris Rock. And what was crazier is that the Academy actually let him win best actor like 20 minutes after that. Um, you know, and the Academy said that they didn't, uh, they, that they tried to get Will Smith to leave the show. I think that's just a load of garbage. I don't think they actually did anything to get him to leave. Why? Because they wouldn't have let him walk away with the award that night. So yeah. Anyways, back on track. Yeah. Caster makes an awesome Will Smith joke. And I got to say, Punk looked great in this match. Punk has definitely come around in the last couple months uh, in terms of his in-ring ability. He obviously, he had been away for seven years. That does a lot to you, not only as a, as a performer, as a, as a professional wrestler, but as a human being. And, and you can kind of see it. I, met, I remember I was at uh, Dynamite Grand Slam in New York City at Arthur Ashe, and his match with Hobbs was terrible, absolutely terrible. And he even gestured at the end of the match, he like like a he 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 raised his hand to the crowd like eh that was all right you know but that was also his third match second or third match back um, in seven years so he's come a long way since that match that was back in September uh, and he looked great in this match so uh, I liked it I thought the match felt slow just because I think Caster is he's slow in the ring. Max Caster does a lot of great stuff in the ring, but he's slow. His matches are not fast paced. Not every match has to be fast paced, but, uh, for an opener of dynamite to get the show started, it just felt slow. Uh, punk hit a nasty pile driver into the Anaconda vice for the win against Caster. And after the match, Tony Schiavone, uh, went to the ring to talk to CM Punk about how punk last week gestured that he wants the world title. Punk says that there's going to be a lot more gray in his beard and a lot more scars on his body before his time in AEW is over, which is actually crazy to hear him say the words before my time in AEW is over because he, that to me, uh, that shows me that he is actually looking at the end here, uh, within the next, I, I think he's got two, I would say maximum three more years as a professional wrestler. So, um, to, to, for him to to kind of allude to the fact that his time in AEW is almost up already, but not quite yet, uh, it's in, it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, he's so, you know, and then after that, he talks about that before his time is up in AEW, whether it be Adam Cole, Bebe, or Hangman Adam Page, he will be the world's champion uh, before he's done with AEW. And I, I honestly think 
that what should happen here is Adam Cole. Um, it seems like they are teasing Adam Cole versus Adam Page too. I don't know when that would take place. Double or nothing's pretty far away at this point. Um, I think Adam Page holds the title, uh, beats Adam Cole again whenever that match happens, and then at double or nothing, or even all out. I, I wouldn't mind waiting till all out as well. One or the other, double or nothing or all out. I think CM Punk beats Adam Page for the world title. And the reason why I think it's going to happen is because CM Punk does deserve one more world title run uh, before his professional wrestling career is over. I think he's been putting in the work for the last nine months. He's been doing some really awesome things for AW. His feud with MJF was absolutely out of this world, uh, obviously culminating with the dog collar match. And I say culminating because that was the end of that first chapter in the MJF CM Punk feud. But really what I think is going to happen is that CM Punk wins the world title and he is a transitional world champion for uh, the inevitable, which I think MJF uh, beating CM Punk for the world title for his first world title. I think that makes the most sense. I mean, I see it. It's it's, it's written in the stars uh, that this is going to happen. It should happen. And I think Tony Khan recognizes that that makes the most sense. Um, and it's kind of what they're teasing, honestly, on TV. I mean, Wardlow and MJF have a feud now, but when MJF, uh, uh, two weeks ago on Dynamite, he stated that he wants to take care of Wardlow first, but that he's not done with CM Punk. He made that very clear. So I think that this is all, uh, something to look forward to. I think this is, I could be stepping into the future a little bit. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think Adam Page uh, holds the title till either double or nothing or all out. CM Punk beats him, and CM Punk is the transitional champion for MJF. After that, Alex Marvez is seen backstage talking to MJF and FTR. Clearly, FTR is slowly turning face. I mean, they did just lay out a challenge to the Young Bucks to fight them again. Uh, you can clearly see there's friction between FTR MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears. I think the Pinnacles and Shambles. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I am excited to see an FTR uh, face run. Obviously, they're two. Their Dax and Cash are two of the best heels in in the company in the business. Um, but I would like to see them as face. They're clear. They're over with the crowd. They have the best in ring ability, the best theme music. They're one of the best tag teams on the planet, and I think uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with this face turn. And uh, I actually think that FTR could be the first ever two-time AEW World uh, Tag Team Champions. So definitely some stuff to look forward to there. Next, we had Jay Lethal take on John Moxley for the very first time ever. Unbelievable match, I just have to say. I mean, that was, in my opinion, that should open up the show absolutely tore the roof off that place. Lethal's Macho Man impression will never get old to me. Uh, Moxley came out sporting the BCC hoodie, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. And I love the Blackpool Combat Club. I love everything they're doing with this faction. Obviously, it does not get much better than Brian Danielson and John Moxley being managed by William Regal. Definitely excited to see who they add to the Blackpool Combat Club. And I'll get into a little, uh, I'll get into greater detail later in the show about uh, where I think this is all going to go. 
Lethal and Moxley were just exchanging massive elbows this entire match. Lethal looked incredible versus Moxley. And Moxley just, he's so good. He is so good. He, in my opinion, is the stone cold of this company. That's, I say it every week to my dad when we sit on the couch. I literally, I'm like, he is pretty much the stone cold of this company. That's at least the vibe I get from Moxley. Some of this match looked like a shoot. Obviously, it wasn't. But elbows that they that these two men were hitting on each other, they, they just looked absolutely brutal. But that's their job. They're supposed to sell, and that's what they did. Did a very good job. Many near falls. Moxley hits lethal with the paradigm shift for the win. After that, we got a vignette of Marina Schaefer. Um, I had never heard of Marina Schaefer. I guess she's married to Roderick Strong, who is obviously a former member of Undisputed Era, still part of NXT. I had never heard of her. Uh, there was obviously a reason that they showed a vignette for her. Um, she's a former MMA fighter. And I'll get into a little bit about uh, why they showed Marina Schaefer um, later in the episode. After that, FTR took on the Gun Club, better known as the Ass Boys, um, Billy Gunn's kids. Man, they are so hated. They're so over. Like, they're so over because they're so hated. And I don't like them either. I actually think they're just not good at wrestling. Um, but anyways, FTR was rocking some NWO vests that say FTR in honor of the late great Scott Hall. Nice pop from the crowd as well. Uh, MJF was on commentary. During the match, which I'd actually... I'm never really a fan of this, but it actually worked quite nicely. Uh, during the match... Wardlow appeared plowing through AEW security. It's not actually AEW security. Uh, until he got close enough to MJF when at this point security mauled Wardlow. So, you know, it's just it's just adding more fuel to the fire. Wardlow trying to get to MJF. MJF won't allow it. AEW security, quote unquote, won't allow it. It's going to be a great match when these two finally get their hands on each other. And I honestly, Wardlow is so over, but I cannot see him winning. Not a chance. MJF is just, he's on a different level. Um, FTR hit the big rig for the win. MJF comes to the ring to congratulate FTR, but they're not happy. Clearly not happy. Uh, and I honestly think this is slowly going to be the demise of the pinnacle. FTR looks to be in store for just another massive push. And they should be. And they should win the AEW tag titles again. My hope is double or nothing, but I understand if they wait till all out. Um, after that, we saw a pre-taped promo for Rampage, as I mentioned earlier in the show. For tonight, Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs, among many other matches to take place tonight. A lot of, lot of stuff in the wrestling world happening tonight of all nights. Obviously, right before Saturday and Sunday's WrestleMania. We got Rampage tonight. We have SmackDown tonight. We also have uh, the Ring of Honor Supercard uh, tonight, although I won't be watching it, unfortunately. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Young Bucks taking on top flight on Rampage. Definitely going to tune into that. After that, we saw a promo from the Jericho Appreciation Society, which I am loving this group. I mean, I already loved 2.0, Jake Hager's, you know, whatever. And then Daniel Garcia. What a wild card. Like, actually, what a just a random pairing with Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho, he did it. He, he's given them the rub. He gave Cassidy the rub. He gave MJF the rub for over a year. Moxley got the rub. Kingston is still getting the rub. 
a lot of good stuff to come out of this Jericho Appreciation Society. And and hats off to Chris Jericho. I met him years ago. I was probably about 14 years old, and he was such a stand-up guy then. But I could see what an incredible human being he is. I mean, he he just wants to give back to the fans, and it shows. Whether he's a heel or a face, he is the one guy in the industry that, since I started watching wrestling, I think has had more face turns, more heel turns. He just can never run out of ways to reinvent himself and hats off absolutely hats off daniel garcia uh during this promo was wearing a beret which i thought was hilarious uh garcia says that jericho and him future endeavored reynolds and silver last week last week and that santana ortiz and kingston are gone forever but obviously uh that doesn't mean anything in wrestling because moments after that the three of them appear and brawl with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Fun segment. I think that there's a lot to look forward to. Excuse me. A lot to look forward to with this uh, feud. I think it should be Hager, Garcia, and Jericho versus Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana at Double or Nothing. Should make for a fun match. Hopefully it's like a tornado tag. Uh, those are just more fun uh, for trios in my opinion. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a fun feud. I like what they're doing with Kingston. Uh, Kingston's so over with the crowd. Um, and yeah, he's, he's one of the top guys in AW. He's clearly made that very clear. Uh, and on a side note, I'm curious to see just cause when I think of Eddie Kingston, I think of Miro. I'm, excuse me. I'm curious to, to see what happens with Miro when he returns. I think they can't. Well, okay, so he can't go to the tag team division, nor do I want him to. Okay, and then after that, it's not like he can go back for the TNT Championship. I would like to see him challenge for the AEW World title, but I just don't see how that fits into AEW's timeline right now. Um, So we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens with Miro, but I'm excited and curious to see what happens. Uh, Later in the show, Jade Cargill... Uh, announces that she will face Marina Schaefer for her 30th matchup in AEW. And that's probably, that's definitely why they showed a, a promo for Marina Schaefer, a vignette for Marina Schaefer earlier in the show. So uh, it should be interesting. I mean, it's definitely an interesting pick to have someone who nobody really knows about wrestle Jade Cargill for her 30th win in AEW, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for pushing new new talent. Uh, MMA fighters in wrestling typically haven't really worked out, other than Brock and Ronda a little bit. I think Shayna Baszler in WWE has done a much better job with the MMA to w, uh, to wrestling transition. Uh, so I'm excited to see what Marina Schaefer has to offer. And like I mentioned, her husband is Roderick Strong, so she's getting the proper training. Uh, that she needs, and it should be an interesting showing for sure. After that, Brian Danielson took on Wheeler Yuta, who I actually think I said it once on this podcast. Wheeler Yuta originally, when, when I had first seen him with the best friends, I did not like him. I didn't get the whole uh, technical wrestling at that time. I was into more like the high flying stuff, and then when when Brian Danielson started doing more technical wrestling matches, 
uh, in AEW, I, I started to understand uh, the technical wrestling side of professional wrestling, and I started to appreciate it. And that's exactly what happened with Wheeler Yuta in this match. Uh, obviously, a feud or something's been brewing between the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club and Wheeler Yuta for a couple of weeks now. But a star was made uh, Wednesday night. Wheeler Yuta proved he could be a, a, a top guy in this company. Uh, I honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Wheeler win the TNT championship down the line. He really proved himself to me in this match. It was just, it was just so, it was just a hard hitting, incredible technical wrestling match. Uh, one of the highlights of the match for sure was Yudas actually spit a fat loogie in Danielson's face before getting his head kicked in. Danielson then literally just kicked his head in. Put him in a submission. Wheeler tapped. Uh, it was a great match, like I said. And I think this is a sign of things to come for Wheeler Yuta. I think Wheeler Yuta is definitely going to be the first addition to the Blackpool Combat Club uh, here in the future sometime. And I think, I think that's what needs to happen. So I'm excited about that. After we had the Undisputed Elite Celebration, Championship Celebration, they stole the world title and tag team titles off Adam Page and Jurassic Express uh, the week before, so they decided to do a little championship celebration this past week, and um, I gotta say, I thought the promo was pretty irrelevant, uh, kind of, in my opinion, just two weeks of TV time for the for the for the six of them, sorry, uh, it was kind of just a waste of TV time for the six of them for two weeks, if you ask me, um, you know, to steal the titles only for Adam Page and Jurassic Express to, you know, steal it back the, the next week, it just, it felt stale, felt very stale, uh, but I gotta say, Adam Cole and Red Dragon look good, with all the gold, and it will happen. It happened in NXT, and they looked unreal. Uh, so it's only a matter of time. I just don't think it's going to happen so soon, um, but it will inevitably happen. Uh, and yeah, Jurassic Express and Hangman show up to kick uh, the Undisputed Elite's ass and get the titles back. As I said, very random, very stale moment in AEW television, if you ask me. Um, clearly the feud between these six men is not coming to an end anytime soon. And, and that's okay. I just, I just don't know where they're going with it. You know, so Adam Cole takes on Adam Page again, right? Somewhere in the future. And Adam Page has to win. And then you got Jurassic Express and Red Dragon. And if you ask me, I wouldn't mind seeing Red Dragon with the titles, but where the problem lies is if, if. All of the Undisputed Elite can't have the, uh, if, if Adam Cole can't have the world title, then Red Dragon can't have the tag titles. That's just how I see it uh, playing out. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be great matches. That's that's no no debate there. Uh, anytime the six of those guys get in a ring, it's magic. But uh, definitely a very random segment, if you ask me. Uh, then Thunder Rosa. New AEW Women's World Champion cuts a phenomenal promo. I was glad to see her do her thing and talk to us about what she wants to do with the world title run. Talks about how she wanted to be the face of 
the women's division, but not only that, you want to be the face of AEW. And I think Thunder Rosa is going to have a great run. And uh, Nyla Rose clearly seems like she's going to be her first uh, opponent. I really got nothing to say about that. <laughs> if you watch AEW, you would know that anytime a women's world title change happens, the first, always the first challenger for the Women's World Championship is Nyla Rose. So that's, uh, it, it, it'll be what it'll be. After that, FTR cuts a phenomenal promo saying that they will win the Ring of Honor tag titles on Friday, which is tonight, and they will become the first two time AW World Tag Team Champions, which I cannot wait to see. But they said that they need to find out who the best tag team in the world is. So they've officially laid out a challenge to the Young Bucks for Young Bucks versus FTR 2. Now, the last time these four men fought, it was at full gear in 2020 in front of no audience. Dave Meltzer awarded that match 5.25 stars. Unbelievable match, but again, this was not in front of a live crowd, and it is meant to be in front of a live crowd. So I don't know when they're going to do this match. Um... I, I really wouldn't mind waiting till double or nothing, but I just feel like it'd be it's so far away that they got to do it sooner than that. So maybe there's a, a TV special coming up or something like that in the future. But it should be really fun to see those four go at it. I mean, when the Young Bucks get in the ring with anyone, it's magic. So very excited to see uh, Young Bucks versus FTR too. After that, the women's... Bracket of the Own Heart Tournament kicked off with the Bunny taking on the newly signed Tony Storm, former uh, former WWE wrestler, now AEW wrestler. She got a massive pop, and I'm excited to see Tony Storm in AEW. Tony Storm, one of my favorites from the WWE Women's Division. I think they totally botched her situation with WWE. And I'm really excited to see her run in AEW. It was actually a great match between the two. And that's saying a lot considering I cannot stand the bunny. Um, so good match. And honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing Tony Storm win the whole entire Owen Hart tournament. So very excited to see where that goes. And the main event, Andrade El Idolo, the best professional wrestler on the planet, taking on Darby Allin. In honestly, what was a, I, I've said honestly a lot, all right? Get over it. That's my word. Honestly, 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 get over it. Uh, Andrade took on Darby Allen in what I thought was a perfectly executed match and a great way to finish the feud. I don't think it should go on any further than this past Wednesday. It's been brewing for months. They finally get the grudge match. They put on a hell of a show. Andrade kicks Darby's ass before the bell can even ring, threw him into the stairs. He actually suplexed him into the corner of the stairs, which looked brutal. Great spot. A lot of awesome spots in this match, and Andrade needs that push. I think he could actually um, – he should be in store for a title run sometime down the line, uh, and I think this was the victory he needed. He beat Darby Allen clean, center of the ring, clean win. Uh, a lot of people online were shocked to see Andrade get that win. And I got to say, I was not surprised, right? Because Darby Allen's been on a run for a very long time. He's been TNT champion. He's had marquee matchups. 
I think it's Andrade's time. And so I'm, I was really, really happy to see Andrade get the win. All in all, that closed the uh, Wednesday edition of AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. And I got to say, another great episode of AEW Dynamite on a scale of 1 to 10. I'd probably give it an 8 because it, in life, nothing's ever perfect. So I can't, I can't say it was a flawless episode of Dynamite. But it was awesome. I really, you know, Wednesdays have become a wrestling day for me. You know, every Wednesday I look forward to AEW Dynamite and... It's fun because when professional wrestling is is done correctly, I mean, there's very few things that are better. Um, so I, I definitely enjoyed AEW's run here with Dynamite in the last two months. I don't think they've really missed a beat. Um, and yeah, I'm really just excited to see everything going on in AEW. It's definitely an exciting time. Alrighty, so now we are going to get into my WrestleMania 38 Night 1 and night two predictions. We're going to go through the card. I'm going to tell you all the matches. I'm going to give you my predictions. And then at the end, I'm going to... Actually, no. I'm just going to give you my bold predictions as we go. So let's let's dive in right now. Starting with night one of WrestleMania. I don't like the whole two-night thing, but that is the first complaint of, me- complaint of many that I will be making uh, during this episode. So, WrestleMania 38 Night 1 begins at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Peacock or wherever you can buy pay-per-views or, excuse me, premium live events. That's what they're now calling it. Um, So, yeah, you can find it on Peacock. And there's a kickoff show one hour earlier. That starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So, here we go. Night 1 Starting off with, and, and by the way, I just want to make this clear. This is not the order uh, of matches on the card. I actually have no idea uh, what order these will be going in other than the main events for each night. So uh, night one, we have Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin. I think that um, Corbin is a great heel. Drew McIntyre is awesome. No reason McIntyre takes a loss here. Um and you know what? I feel for these two men because they've fought so much in the last four months that there is no reason that either of these men need to take up a WrestleMania uh, match slot. Drew McIntyre, like the fact that they couldn't find anything else for him to do. I mean, put him up against Finn Balor for the United States Championship. I, I, um, well... Put him up against Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, there's just so many other things you can be doing with Drew McIntyre. So it, this match just feels dull. It's it, It'll be what it'll be, and McIntyre is definitely going to get the win. We then have the SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line. The Usos taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs, who I love the pairing of these two. Rick Boogs is beyond entertaining. The Usos, however, are... Riding the coattails. Uh, no disrespect to the Usos. They're an unbelievable tag team. Have been for the last 10 years in WWE. But they are riding the coattails of the Tribal Chief. And rightfully so. They're all in the family. It's a good tight unit. But the Usos, uh, with that being said, they can't lose this match. So, um, you know, it, it, it's always said that faces go over at WrestleMania. Because uh, it's usually just how it goes. The faces normally take most of the matches. But I really do 
uh, I don't see a way that Shinsuke and Rick Boogs win the tag titles. So Usos are going to retain. But I wouldn't mind uh, Shinsuke, even though I love the pairing between the two, I wouldn't mind Shinsuke turning heel again and uh, and going after Rick Boogs. Could be pretty cool. After that, we have an impromptu match, the New Day, uh, minus Big E, taking on Sheamus and Ridge Holland, uh, another match that simply does not need to be on the WrestleMania card, uh, and the New Day is going to win it. Nothing else to say there. This next match, I'm actually very excited for. I think this is the first WrestleMania where we have at least six tag team matches, which is unbelievable. Uh, don't know if I love it, but... This match I do love. We have The Miz and Logan Paul taking on the Mysterios. This feud has been shockingly entertaining. And Logan Paul, I've read about it all week on Twitter. I've seen the videos that WWE has been putting out. I think Logan Paul is going to shock the world, right? Uh, Bad Bunny at last year's Mania, he put on one hell of a performance, but... You know, the difference between Logan Paul and Bad Bunny is Bad Bunny is a musician, right? Logan Paul is kind of a do-whatever-I-want type of guy. Obviously, he's a, you know, he's a self-proclaimed professional boxer. He loved that. But he said that he kind of got over it very quickly. Where here, he has said multiple times that he feels like he could do this and that he could do this full-time. And honestly, I know, honestly... Logan Paul should do this full time. He is he everything Logan Paul touches turns to gold for some reason. He's got a massive massive social media following. Massive. So that helps WWE tremendously. And then you have the fact that he's athletic, he's good looking, he's got charisma, he's got passion. He's already one of the biggest heels in the company and he's not even like in the company if you know what I mean. And I mean, he's so beyond hated by the public, uh, by the wrestling universe. It's it's money. Vince would be remiss if he didn't sign Logan Paul to a long-term deal. So excited for this match. However, I do think the Mysterios are going to win it. Um, I would like to see Logan Paul and The Miz win this match. But uh, like I said, faces normally go over at Mania. So I think the Mysterios are going to take this one. After that, we have Seth Rollins taking on a mystery opponent, right? It's a mystery. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I mean, I think I do know. I think the whole world knows that it should be Cody Rhodes. There should be no mystery on the winner. The only mystery is who Seth Rollins' opponent is going to be. It doesn't matter who his opponent is. Whoever his opponent at WrestleMania is, is going to win their match. Now, I've seen online a lot of people are like, wait, what if it's Shane McMahon? What if it's not Cody Rhodes? What if it's anybody but Cody Rhodes? I'll say this right now. You know why Marvel movies are so great? Because they tease enough to the point where they won't disappoint, right? Spider-Man No Way Home, perfect example. How many times did we hear Andrew Garfield get bombarded in interviews by Spider-Man questions and he turned them all down? 
how many times did we see leaked photos of the of Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland on set? I mean, how many times was it just talked about in the public? And they delivered. Same thing with AEW, right? It was teased for so long that Adam Cole was going to AEW. It was teased for so long that Brian Danielson was going to AEW. And what happened at the end of All Out in 2021? They both debuted. There's no way, if I'm Vince McMahon, I, I just, I, it would be unconscionable. Yeah, unconscionable if Cody Rhodes isn't the surprise oppo- mystery opponent for Seth Rollins. You have to give the crowd what they want. They've made it very clear this is what we want. And it's been rumored for weeks, almost months now, that that Cody Rhodes is expected to head back to WWE. I'm telling you, they better not mess this one up. If it's anybody but Cody Rhodes, then then WWE, um, they're tone deaf. That's what it comes down to. They are tone deaf if Seth Rollins' opponent at WrestleMania is not Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, since his departure with WWE, has made such a huge name for himself. And what a better way to bring him back into the company when he's he would immediately become a top star. Immediately. He is beyond over with every crowd, whether you love him or hate him, whether you whether you cheer for him or boo for him, you're doing something when that man walks into an arena. And it's just, it's just, I don't see how Cody Rhodes isn't showing up at WrestleMania. So that's what I have to say about that. I think Cody Rhodes shows up. I think he beats Seth Rollins. They put on an absolute all-time WrestleMania match. Give them 25 minutes out there. Everyone will be salivating at the mouth. That's what should happen. I look forward to it. After that, we have the two women's championship matches. We have the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. What a story. These two women have told. This is what I like to call long-term storytelling at its finest. Little over, uh, a little over two years ago now, uh, right right as the pandemic began, Becky Lynch had to relinquish the Raw Women's Championship uh, because she was giving birth to her first. Uh, child, and then Bianca Belair at SummerSlam, fast forward a year and a half, uh, she gets squashed by a returning Becky Lynch in less than 15 seconds. After that, it goes pretty stale for Bianca Belair. Uh, Belair then wins the... uh, or she didn't win the Royal Rumble, excuse me. Uh, Ronda did. Um, yeah, no, no, no. So, you know, it goes pretty stale for Bianca Belair after that point. Becky Lynch still doing what she does best. She's been on one of the best runs uh, I've seen a women's wrestler go on for a very long time. She's been killing it. But I think this is Judgment Day. I think Bianca Belair beats Becky Lynch on the grandest stage. It would make the most sense. And it's been a great feud. I think this is going to be a hard-hitting matchup. 
I love the fact that uh, Bianca was able to cut a little bit of Becky's hair off on Raw. Becky's got it, you know, the, the new look going on. I love it. Um, but again, I, I faces win. I don't see Bianca losing this. And uh, yeah, that would put an end to one of the best runs by a women's wrestler of all, like ever. Becky Lynch, just what a run. That's what it is. If, it, if, that's, if that's all she wrote, I think uh, Big Time Bex did did quite a phenomenal job as a as a as a heel on this run. Great job. We then have uh, the main event. Well, apparently this is the main event match, but after that, the main event is the Kevin Owens show with Stone Cold Steve Austin, which has to lead to a match. There's just no way it doesn't. Um, but we have the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Charlotte Flair, the current champion, taking on Ronda Rousey. Now, this feud, uh, to put it lightly, has sucked. There's nothing awesome about this feud whatsoever. I think Charlotte has uh, regressed. Not in ring ability. Uh, Charlotte on the mic. Um, and just the, the character she she plays on on television she's she's regressed in my opinion um and then you got ronda who you know she she took a lot of time off she's been very clear that the first time around she was pretty pissed with the fans and and she didn't get the whole you know like being over with the crowd just because they booed her you know just because we like i was a part of that i i booed ronda like just because we booed ronda didn't mean we didn't like her in the ring didn't mean we didn't like what she was doing she didn't take it that way. So what did Ronda do? She left WWE. She went and gave birth. She had, you know, a lot of time off. And then she was like, you know what? I should probably try this again. And I'm excited to see these two fight. It's going to prove a lot. Ronda has a lot to prove in this matchup. You know, main eventing WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair, who is the most, uh, you know, sought after champion in, in the women's division. Um, yeah, I think Ronda gets the win here, and I think Ronda has a lot to prove in this match. And for that matter, I think Charlotte's got a lot to prove in this match. I'm excited to see how it plays out, and it should be really, it should be interesting. It should be fun. And as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the main event, uh, supposedly, is the Kevin Owens show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. This has been such a great, uh, I can't really... <laughs> can't really use the word feud because we haven't seen Stone Cold, but yeah, I guess, I mean, I could use the word feud. Kevin Owens and Stone Cold have had such a phenomenal buildup to this Kevin Owens show. And, and based on what we've heard from Stone Cold in interviews and what we've heard from Kevin Owens on the mic, I really don't think this is the Kevin Owens show. I think it's going to start that way and then it's going to end up, I think, I see this going one of two ways. Remember a couple of years ago, the last time they were in uh, Dallas, Texas, the Rock came out, and he had an impromptu match against uh, Eric Rowan. That was fun. I could definitely see something like that happening. I could definitely see the first scenario is that the Kevin Owens show begins. These guys, all they want to do is just rip each other's head off. You could see the animosity in the ring. I say Kevin Owens gets – he screams for a referee. Stone Cold then, like, rips off his shirt, rips off his shorts. He's in full – 
you know, full ring attire, ready to ready to go, and we have an awesome, awesome WrestleMania impromptu WrestleMania match with Stone Cold returning to the ring for the first time in 19 years. That's option uh, A. Option B is that this is an actual Kevin Owens show, uh, and then by the end of it, Stone Cold, you know, raises some hell, beats Kevin Owens up couple stunners here, couple stunners there, and then he challenges Kevin Owens to a match at the next Saudi Arabia show because we've talked about it before. Vince, the Saudi Arabia money, you know, they got guys like Goldberg, Undertaker, Kane, Triple H. They got, hell, they even got Shawn Michaels to come out of retirement. That is what I could see happening as well. That, that is such a possibility. So, We'll see what happens. I'm excited for it. It's actually one of the first WrestleManias I've been very excited for in a very, like one of the ones I've been very excited for for the first time in a very long time. Last few years, it's felt pretty mediocre, but I'm excited to see what they do this year. I really am. So that wraps up the predictions for night one. Then we got night two, which I'm very excited for as well. There's a lot to look forward to in night two. I'm not going to go over all the matches because, for example, the women's tag team championship match, I could not care less about. Uh, Same with Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, although it is an anything goes uh, unsanctioned match. So, you know, Johnny Knoxville is going to be doing some crazy stuff in this match. Um, You know, I don't know if any any of you saw uh, Jackass Forever. Uh, the first time they did a Jackass movie in over 10 years, and it was honestly the best one they've ever done. Johnny Knoxville is still a maniac. Most of them are still out of their freaking minds. And I'm excited to see this little uh, celebrity match. I don't think Sami Zayn takes the win here. And I'd really like to see Johnny Knoxville just do some crazy stuff, something that actually makes the crowd go, holy shit, holy shit. You know, and like, they actually mean it. It's not like just like, oh, we put him through a table and now we're going to chant holy shit. No, like I want to see Johnny Knoxville jump off the top of the WrestleMania set on Sami Zayn through like 10 tables. Something out of this world. Something we couldn't even imagine happen. I want to see it happen. We then have a very last minute match here. Bobby Lashley, returning Bobby Lashley, taking on Omos, who uh, Omos, well, other than him being seven foot one, I really don't think he's got what it takes to be a star in this company. He's clearly getting a, a, a push. AJ Styles worked with him for a little over a year. Um, so I'm excited to see just this match. You know, like it's the it takes a big dude to make Bobby Lashley look small, and Bobby Lashley looked small on Raw next to Omos. So I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm excited to see the two of them just go at it. I really have no idea who's going to win this. I don't know if they want uh, Lashley to put Omos over. Lashley also coming off the injury, it might not look good for him to take the uh, the loss here. So I think it's 50-50. Could go either way. Um, I'm going to say Bobby Lashley wins this one. But he definitely is going to put Omos over um, in one way or another. We then have, uh, you know, the next, I would say the next four matches on the WrestleMania card are just awesome. Like, like really just WWE knocks, knocked it out of the park with this. So we have Pat McAfee. Yeah, you heard that correctly. Pat McAfee taking on Austin Theory who I absolutely love. I love the two of these guys so much. Pat McAfee, obviously former NFL punter for the Indianapolis Colts, now 
commentator alongside Michael Cole on Friday Night SmackDown and Austin Theory is one of the fastest rising heels I've ever seen in WWE. And you could tell he's loved because why? He's getting a push for WrestleMania. And he's like literally been Vince's right-hand man for months now. So the way I see this happening is either Austin Theory gets the win um, or Pat McAfee gets the win because he actually has wrestled before. He wrestled Adam Cole twice in NXT. Both matches were awesome. Um, but you know, if Pat McAfee gets the win here, I see, I can see this going a couple different ways, right? So Pat McAfee gets the win. Vince McMahon is angry that Pat McAfee beat his protege, Austin Theory. So then at the next big show, like SummerSlam, we could get Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon. Now, nobody would really want to see that. I could see it happening, but I think the better route to take would be Austin Theory getting the win, Vince McMahon coming out to celebrate with Austin Theory, and and maybe the feud continues. I don't know. I really don't know where this uh, will go after WrestleMania, but I'm very excited for this match. And honestly, I love Pat McAfee. I'm, I'm such a Pat McAfee mark. I want Pat McAfee to win this. We then have the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line in a triple threat match. Very excited for this. RK Bro, Riddle, and Randy Orton taking on the Street Profits, taking on the Alpha Academy. Shoosh. Alpha Academy is winning the titles. That's what's happening, right? So the Street Profits, I think this is what's going to happen in this match. Alpha Academy wins the match. After that, RK Bro is in shambles. Randy Orton's angry at Riddle, visibly upset. I think Randy Orton hits. Randy Orton's going to hit Riddle with an RKO after they lose the titles, and then the Street Profits and Randy Orton are going to lay a huge assault on Riddle. That's what I see happening, and I can't wait for it. The last two matches on the WrestleMania Sunday card are probably the two biggest matches other than the Seth Rollins match against probably Cody Rhodes that they have on the card for the weekend. We have Edge taking on AJ Styles in an absolute dream match. Styles is going to get the rub from Edge, but I think Edge is going to get the win. I really do. Edge is just, you know, it for a guy... Similar to CM Punk, um, you know, for him to come out of retirement after so long and to perform so well, like as as if he just never left, you know, like AJ Styles, he's going to be around for a couple more years. He'll probably get another title run. Like Edge, I don't know. We nobody really knows. Like Edge could literally just be like, "Hey, I'm done," on any given day. So I think this type of feud is exactly what Edge needs. Um, he's actually, he's the heel in this match. Uh, Edge is, uh, he changed his look. He changed his music for the first time in 20 plus years. And I really think that if anybody, if any heel is going to win this weekend, other than Roman Reigns, it has to be Edge. I think AJ Styles and him are going to do magic in the ring. Edge and Seth Rollins did magic in the ring. And I think AJ Styles is better than Seth Rollins in the ring. So I think AJ Styles is, is really... This is the match everyone's been waiting for. 
Um, if you're a WWE fan, you've been waiting for this for some time now. And I think that I think it's going to deliver. I really do. And honestly, bold prediction here. I think Edge and AJ Styles are going to get five stars for Meltzer. I really do. There's only one other five-star match in WWE history. It was CM Punk beating John Cena at Money in the Bank in 2011, one of the most famous WWE matches of all time. I think this will also get five stars. Very excited for it, and I think Edge is going to pick up the win. We then have the match of a lifetime. I mean... Look, to advertise it and say it's the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, nobody really loves to see that, but it honestly is. It's one of the, it, one of if not the biggest WrestleMania main event ever. We have Brock Lesnar, the WWE champion taking on Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion in a unification match. Now, this one we're going to talk about for a couple minutes here, all right? A couple years ago when they decided to introduce the Universal Championship, a lot of people, including myself, were very confused, right? Because you look at a company like AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact. I mean, the list goes on. What other wrestling promotion do you know that has two world champions? I'll wait. There's none. So when WWE introduces Universal Champion and then you got two world champions, world champions it just doesn't feel right there should be one guy one guy running the show one guy running the show as the world champion and that guy is roman reigns lesnar is 2-0 against reigns in wrestlemania main events this is undoubtedly the biggest matchup of roman reigns career roman reigns has been on the run of a lifetime he said it himself on Jimmy Fallon a couple uh, a couple nights ago. He said, it's time to close the chapter on the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns story. And I couldn't agree more. And I actually could get the chills thinking about it. I was in the uh, eighth grade when Roman Reigns fought Brock Lesnar when Seth Rollins cashed in at WrestleMania 31. And ever since then, I was like, you know, this guy Roman Reigns, he's, he, why is he getting pushed? Like, why does this guy get all... The main events. He gets all the marquee matchups. And then it, it it slowly started to sink in. Like, he is that good. He was just never in a good... They never wrote him good stuff. They never... They never projected him to that next level. Vince always wanted him on that next level. And he could never get him there. Until... He started the... In turn... It, 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 until he started his heel turn. For the first time in his career, he turned full heel. That's when it when everything shifted. Roman Reigns is now the third uh, third longest world champion in, in WWE history. Uh, he's 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 in uh, God mode, as he likes to say. He's on a, just a completely different level. The head of the table, the tribal chief, the the needle mover. He's in God mode. Nobody can touch him right now. Nobody can touch him. They they paired him up with with uh, Paul Heyman. Unbelievable. Loved everything about that. Then you got Brock Lesnar, who's face for the first time in his career. And a good face. We're seeing him on the mic more, and he's been awesome. So that's the only reason where I'm like, you know, Brock could win this for that alone. But honestly, like I said, Reigns is just on a different level right now. 
I never liked him until this run. This run has proved why he's one of the best, if not the best, in the WWE right now. And I think what's going to happen is that Roman Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar 1-2-3 for the first time in his career. And then The Rock is going to come out to challenge Roman Reigns at next year's WrestleMania. And Roman Reigns is going to carry the world title until WrestleMania 30. What is it? WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles, where hopefully I will be there to, to witness history. Ro- I see it right now. Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Family divided for the world title. And The Rock's not going to win. Roman Reigns is going to beat The Rock at next year's WrestleMania, retaining the world title, and that will completely solidify him as one of the best to ever lace up a pair of boots in the WWE. That's my bold predictions. That's what I got to say. I'm super excited for WrestleMania to kick off tomorrow. Definitely a lot of stuff to look forward to. What a time to be a wrestling fan. So much happening. And that's it for today's episode. I just talked about wrestling for an hour. I love it so much. I'm such a nerd and it's okay because this is what I love. There's nothing wrong with being a nerd. If you love what what, what you're talking about, if you love something, it doesn't matter what anybody else has to say. If If it makes you happy, so be it. So thank you for being with me for another awesome episode of the Untitled Sports Podcast. I promise you I will be doing some football and baseball very soon because baseball kicks off in six days. Yankees, Red Sox opening day for the first time ever. Super excited for it. But until then, this has been another episode of the Untitled Sports Podcast. I cannot thank you all enough. Peace and love, everybody. See you next time.